Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 and 17 through 19. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord, God of hosts, How long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors, our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, Do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel? whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and plant them, so that may, they may live out, live in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares you, to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your, raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will punish him with a rod such as mortals use, with blows inflicted by human beings. But I will not take my steadfast love from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. 
Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are, are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, you, you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Good morning and welcome to the 33rd day of Martin Tide. <clears throat> this is Log- uh, Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning we change psalms to psalm 80 a couple odds and ends there and then second samuel 7 and galatians 3 um and this morning as the 33rd day of martin tide as a reminder the 40 days um minus the sundays from november 11th to december 25th is known as martin tide or the 40 days of uh, martin or martin's lent and it harkens back to a time before uh, Advent was popular to uh, about the, th- the fourth century um, when uh, the fall time up until Christmas was a time of uh, repentance and prayer, much like Lent. And it began on Martin's feast day and probably even began in his own diocese and tours. Um, and the... Uh, the reading for this morning and the image, I, I've used the reading that Kellyanne Wilson selected for around the uh, around the year dot org. Um, but the image that I'm using, I took myself at the Museum of Fine Arts and Tour. Um, and uh, the image, very briefly, uh, is uh, surprisingly good picture I took of this piece of art. Um, on pilgrimage when I was in tour in 2016. And it shows um, Martin. Um, Martin uh, in Germany is typically depicted with black hair or like really dark hair. I don't know. um, I have to look up the artist and everything. Um, I don't have it handy. But um, Martin is depicted um, making plans for Marmoutier Abbey um, you can see uh, the cave in the background where uh, he and uh, something like 80 of his disciples stayed as well. He had an affinity, or he, he seemed to attract rich, wealthy Christians who wanted to give up their their wealth and prestige, either permanently or temporarily. And, and Severus, his biographer, is one of those people. Um, Severus and uh, many of uh, the people that he corresponded with um, were really affluent. Um, either their wives were Christians and they kind of pulled them into it and then kind of went full throttle. 
um, or they just, you know, felt uh, that monasticism and um, adopting a life of poverty, um, again, some of them did it temporarily. They would do it for, you know, a season or something and then go off and take what they've learned and um, just kind of apply it to their lives. But many of them did it permanently. Um, Severus did it temporarily or kind of half-assed it. Um, but others, like Paulinus of Nola, who's an uh, important figure at the time and who likely knew and interacted with and possibly was even discipled by Martin of Tours. Um, anyway, um, in the background, you can see stonemasons beginning to cut stone for what becomes this really opulent, over-the-top abbey um, at Marmoutier um, that reach, reaches its peak in the late medieval period you know, when the Crusades are happening, well, that's the, just the middle, middle period, middle medieval period. Um, and it, in fact, it's Pope Urban, I think the second, who kind of kicks off the Crusades by preaching at Marmotier Abbey at a chapel there. Um, and so it has this mixed history, but um, much more prominent is this cave where you see a, a man and perhaps his wife and child, you know, doing something in this, these steps that lead up to a cave. And the caves are really where he lived. And Martin um, dressed simply. He often um, didn't dress enough. And even when he did, he had this habit of giving away his clothes to people who were cold. And not just at Amiens in 354, which he's known for, but even before that and certainly after that. Um, and so uh, many times he's depicted as kind of half naked because he keeps giving away his clothes. Um, but he's shown here in his old age, and he's like pointing at some you know tablet where an older gentleman and then a uh, a younger man with a tonsure, which is that shave top of your head to make your hair look like a halo, um, and that represents his, some of his disciples who adopted a life of poverty and seclusion with Martin, um, and there's this kind of contrast between. The, the wealth of Marmotier Abbey as it uh, eventually kind of gained it uh, long after Martin's life. And it's represented there in the background with the stonemasons, um, you know, building the abbey and even Martin kind of pointing at plans for it as though he had anything to do with it. But in the foreground, you have this mendicant um, uh, follower of Martin and you have these, this family living in a cave um, which is much more historically accurate. Um, and the it correlates to the reading this morning selected by Kellyanne Wilson, um, which uh, was actually part of uh, an encyclical letter written by Pope Benedict XVI. Uh, he's now retired, um, and we have Pope Francis. Um, but before he retired, Benedict wrote a letter, an encyclical called God is Love, or Deus Caritas Est. Um, and it was given in D.C. at the United States uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops in 2007. And what he said, he was um, talking about um, a Christian way of life, and he mentions Martin by name, and he says, quote, Finally, let us consider the saints who exercise charity in, a, in an exemplary way. Our thoughts turn especially to Martin of Tours, the soldier who became a monk and a bishop. He is almost like an icon, illustrating the irreplaceable value of the individual testimony to charity. In his, in his encounter face-to-face -face with the God who is love, 
the monk sees the impelling need to transform his whole life into service of neighbor, in addition to service of God. This explains the great emphasis on hospitality, refuge, and care of the infirm in the vicinity of the monasteries. It also explains the immense initiatives of human welfare and Christian formation, aimed above all at the very poor, who became the object of care firstly for the monastic and mendicant orders, and later for the various female and male religious institutes all through the, the history of the church, end quote. Um, and there aren't a whole lot of poor people here, but um, that's certainly what Martin was known for. Um, and I suspect that uh, Pope Benedict was speaking uh, of the corporeal works of mercy um, and clothing the naked, for which Martin is so often used as the example. Um, and it's unfortunate that people don't know much more about Martin, especially in America, um, in the U.S. Council of, uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, I think probably have some resources, but the average Catholic um, does not, I don't think, know a whole lot other than just that one story. Um, and this image, uh, just I remember when I, when I came across, I wasn't sure exactly what it was. I had to read a little title card because we have, you know, certainly with Martin on his horse cutting his cape to give to the freezing beggar, um, that's what everybody sees. Um, but there's so many more um, episodes from his life that are just as powerful as uh, the simple but beautiful act of sharing, you know, your clothes with someone who needs them. It's Dorothy Day who said, if I have two coats in my closet, I've stolen one from the poor. That's a drastic, um, but not entirely untrue. Um, and Martin uh, felt the same way, uh, so much so that he altered his very life um, to imitate the poor, living in caves, refusing to um, sleep on a bed of straw, even on his deathbed. Um, he denied himself all these material um, goods that, you know, seem so out of the ordinary, and yet for him, uh, and for many other Christians in the time since, uh, they've taken it as, uh, you know, a duty of our faith to to practice um, uh, compassionate poverty. Um, if you can, if you can choose to do it, it's it's this act of solidarity that uh, humanizes the poor for us. Um, and in that way, I think that that's the the beauty of of Martin and the mendicant orders and their place in history and even their prominence. Many of them, the Jesuits, for example, are also founded by a soldier saint, and yet. And they emphasize education above anything, above most things. Um, but they are also the, the, the order that's known for the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition. Um, and so we have this kind of tension, just as we have in this image, between the opulent um, prominence that Marmoutier would eventually get, but also the, the very humble and simple religious origins, um, spiritual origins of of Martin's movement and what he started. A prayer for all Christians in their vocation from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, 
Receive our supplications and prayers, which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.